Abuse, rape, or trauma are things that happen to people who are victims at that very moment. Child or adult, there's nothing you could have done to prevent the atrocity. But when it's over, the healing must begin. It gets every day. You have inner beauty. You have inner worth and value. Framing your past as your past and leaving it there will help you to frame your future and lead you to the place where you belong with a woman's soul restored. Here's LaTanya Hendry. Hello, and welcome to A Woman's Soul Restored. This month of October brings us a lot of awarenesses to different things that we celebrate here in the United States. October is a big month, especially for Halloween, for the kids and families that get together to celebrate this um, holiday with their children as they go trick-or-treating from house to house. Also, some other things that are observed in October is bullying awareness, celebration of earth, science, chemistry, and space, the Hindu festival of life, Diwali, and religious holidays such as Yom Kippur and Sukkot sometimes fall in this month. Also, ADHD Awareness Month, American Pharmacist Month, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and about 15 other observances occur in this month. But for advocates of domestic abuse and for survivors, This month is Domestic Abuse Awareness Month throughout the whole month of October. So domestic violence is described as violence or other abuse in a domestic setting, such as in marriage or cohabitation. Domestic violence is often used as a synonym for intimate partner violence, which is committed by a spouse or partner in an intimate setting relationship against the other spouse or partner, and can take place in heterosexual or same-sex relationships, or between former spouses or partners. In its broadest sense, domestic violence also involves violence against children, parents, or the elderly. It takes a number of forms including physical, verbal, emotional, economic, religious, reproductive, and sexual abuse which can range from subtle, coercive forms to marital rape and to violent physical abuse such as choking, beating, female genital mutilation, and acid throwing that results in disfigurement or death. Domestic murders include stoning, bride burning, honor killings, or dowry deaths, which sometimes involve non-cohabitating family members. Domestic violence is also known as domestic abuse or family violence. It takes more than one month, but we as survivors and advocates always appreciate a time when we can come together to come with come up with solutions to come to try to end domestic violence, to try to end the violence in general. So what does it really mean? What does it mean for someone that's still 
in a situation? What does it mean for someone that's still getting abused? How does domestic abuse awareness help them? Oddly enough, when you're going through a situation like this, sometimes you are aware of what's happening to you. Sometimes you are fully aware and just hope that the person changes or hope that things get better and you just decide, make a decision to try and stay and work things out while in the process you're getting hurt. In that description, it was long, but it needs to be long because there's such a wide range of areas that co- that that merges to form domestic violence and d- domestic abuse. It's a wide range, so the description needs to be broad and inclusive of, of every type of relationship that's intimate. And seeing that that description did merge the different types of relationships and different types of violence, verbal, um, economic, um, just just making it to where if you fit in that category and can see yourself, then you are inclusive in that description. So the question was, how does this month of October Help someone that's going through this situation. And is October the only month you can get help? No, actually it's not. You can get help at any time you make a decision to leave. At any time you make a decision to remove yourself from that situation. Just keep in mind to do it in a safe manner. If you know that your spouse can get or your partner can get violent, um, and probably try to force you in, in, in violence to stay with them. You might need to try to find a method that's safe to leave, leave when they're not at home, leave when they're off at work, or if they have a regular activity that they do throughout the week, that's a routine. Um, leave during that time, but try to avoid anything that's going to put you in a situation that's going to cause harm, bodily harm to you, or if you have children, bodily harm to your children. This month is very important because as advocates, we, throughout the year, we're doing things to try to help women to get them out of the situation that they're in, to help survivors become strong. Because once you leave, that's just the beginning. Your battle becomes within. Did you make the right decision? Are you doing the right thing? Are they? Do they miss you? Can they make it without you? The answer to that is if you leave an abusive situation, yes, you are doing the right thing. They probably miss the punching bag. They probably miss the person that they're verbally cursing out. Um, but you can't afford to stay and risk your life. And ultimately, that's what you're risking if you stay in that um, relationship. But in October, it's a way for us to merge as advocates, for us to come together and put on events and, and bring awareness in a in such a force that, you know, it, it brings awareness because of the, of the amount of time and energy that we put in to make sure that the message gets across because we know that this month is important. Every month is important, but this month especially because it was set aside for us to do what it says that we, we bring awareness to domestic violence. 
especially during this time of COVID-19, where a lot of people, a lot of women are, and, and I'm using women in, in this scenario because the majority is women that go through domestic violence, domestic abuse. Um, so just so if I'm saying a woman, we know that men go through domestic violence. We, we heard children and, um, the elderly, but in this reference, I'm using women in throughout this podcast. And I'm saying women because we're vulnerable. And most of the times we're in a position, especially during this time, to where we're stuck at home, especially if we have children that we're that doing virtual learning from home. It becomes essential that um, as an abused person, we become aware of what our surroundings are and what's going on with us. And, and for us as advocates, it's very important that we reach those people that may not be coherent to know during this time that they're more vulnerable than they would any other time because they're shut off, because they're secluded from maybe family coming over to visit or them going out um, just to get out of the house more frequently then as to opposed to now where they can't they're more selective because of COVID-19 they have to stay in more and the numbers I believe has risen of reported instances we we can't even speak about the instances that's not reported because it is a shame that comes along with domestic violence and it's designed that way to make you feel ashamed so that you won't come out and say anything but I'm telling you today, you have nothing to be ashamed of. If it's a marriage, you you can you. I would rather you walk away from that marriage with your life, than death do you part in a violent way. Um, and and that might be a little um, rough with it, but it's the truth. You know, a lot of women lose their lives to domestic violence. My mother was one of them that lost her life to my father from a domestic violence, an ongoing domestic violence situation. So I lost my mother at the age of three. And I'm sitting in my living room now doing this podcast, and I, I have her picture displayed. I only have one picture of her. And I see my features, and I see my daughter features actually more prominent from my mother than my own features because I, I look a lot like my father and his people. But it, it, it helped, it, it spurred me on to be an advocate for domestic violence. But also what I went through in my own life with the partners that I made a decision to choose, um, ended up in situations that was not healthy for me. And I'm mentioning that to mention this book, A Window Without a View. And I named it A Window Without a View because sometimes we can be so intent in our lives until we can't see what's happening around us. We're not aware of the danger that we're in. So, yeah, we have a full view of our life, but we don't actually have the, the proper view or the, our view is distorted. So A Window Without a View is two parts of this book. Is actually a hundred and eighty-five, eighty-six, eighty-seven pages, something like that. But it goes from 
memories of me um, trying to remember what happened to me as a child from sexual molestation and what I went through in my first marriage from domestic violence. So I'm going to read two um, passages from this book. One is going to be brief and the other one is going to be kind of lengthy. So I'm going to start with the first one on page 50. And the book is called A Window Without a View. And it's just showing that you could be in a situation and not be aware of the intensity of what you're actually in because it's hard of we can see in other people's lives and give them advice but it's hard for us to see in our own lives and what we're going through until we're out of it and we have memories to think about what we got out of before losing our life or what God brought us out of so for the first um, excerpt from page 50 and to set this up, um, her ex-husband realizes that um, he's about to lose his wife. So he's coming up with a way to try to woo her back into his arms. Because at this point, she's already seeing someone else and they are sleeping. Basically, he's in the room and she's on the couch. So I'm going to pick it up from him trying to get away to woo his wife back to him and it begins with he walked into the house with a dozen roses a bottle of champagne chocolates and a card tammy was in the kitchen cooking he walked right up behind her and kissed her on the back of the neck he knew that was a weak spot for her always was she turned around with a dumbfounded look on her face because they had not had any kind of physical contact in months. He put his arms around her shoulders and told her she could finish up dinner for the kids, but he had made plans for them to go out and they could drop the kids off to Gina after they ate and she got ready. Tammy was looking for a way to talk to Drayton about something important as well, so she figured why not. And even if he was going to take off somewhere, take her off somewhere and try to kill her, she would be ready for him. If he was plotting to take her out, then they would be taken out together. So that is one aspect of domestic violence is when I guess the husband kind of flips the strip on you or your spouse and they become nice. And you don't know whether that niceness is them actually trying to change or is that niceness them trying to get you off to do something to you. I'm, I know that both of those occurrences are reality to some people. You know, some marriages have been able to be repaired from a domestic situation and the, the guy was able to change. I know somebody very close to me personally who... Husband was just a, a, a despicable man. He would he had her, she had done been in the hospital so many times until you know the it was hard to she forgave him, but we didn't understand why she was forgiving him. And now he is a totally different man and loves her and does everything for her. And he has truly been repentant of the relationship he had had with her for many years 
now he is the most humble and and subtle man that I know right now. So it men can change, but as far as risking it to see if they're going to change, I would not. <laughs> I, that would not be my personal choice. But during that time when he was trying to, I guess, get back together with me, even the, the marriage was basically over. We were just living in the same house. But at that time when he just came at me like that with, you know, we we going out, I didn't know how to take it. So I did have something I wanted to discuss with him, and I'm going to read that section of it now. But in that moment, I didn't know whether he just wanted to take me out somewhere or wanted to really take me out somewhere, and he was the only one that come back. So it was an experience during that time to um, just realize that my life could have ended that night, and he could have went back home, and I did not. So the second part of this is, they did go to dinner and, and she mentioned that she wanted a divorce and and things did not go well. Um, so I'm going to pick it up as she dozed off on the couch and she had a dream. And she woke up to him basically on her, fighting her. So I'm going to start with she was in the fight of her life. She was in a deep sleep and the next thing she knew she was getting kicked. Drayton pulled her off the couch and was hitting her like she was an animal. She managed to get untangled from the covers and tried to fight back, but she was already hurt. She felt sharp pains on her left side and she could barely stand up, but he continued to kick and box her. She pulled herself up and managed to get back up on the couch. He was saying things to her and calling her names. He told her that he did not know who she thought she was if she thought it was just going to end like that and she ride off into the sunset with somebody else. He had a look in his eye that she had seen before, but not from him. She knew that look very well and he was not going to end her life that night. She began to do something she had not done in a while. She prayed. She asked God for the strength to get her and her children out of that house. He had tired himself out from fighting her. He was still drunk, so he was exhausted rather quickly, which worked out in her benefit. He just sat on the floor murmuring to himself and crying. She eased up off the couch while holding her side trying to get past the pain. She went to use the phone to call the police, but the phone line was cut. She went in the kitchen, and in there was the same thing, and in the bedroom. He would always do that when he was angry with her. The children were up by now from all the commotion, so they proceeded to go outside and run to the store down the street to the phone booth to call the police. They told her to either wait there at the phone booth or to go and stand in the yard so they could find the house. They walked back slowly to the house. She remembered leaving lights on in the house, but now everything was dark. She told Madison to stay with the kids in the yard, and she pushed the front door open and peeped in. There was no movement. She reached in to turn on the lights, but nothing came on. She stumbled through the living room and walked to the kitchen to turn on those lights, but they did not come on either. She proceeded down the hall, and in each room there were no lights. 
He had taken all of the light bulbs out of each room. She did not feel safe and knew she needed to get out of there. She was feeling her way in the darkness trying to get back to the front door. And when she was almost there, she fell in the hallway. She felt a weight on top of her and she began to scream. He put his hand over her mouth and told her to be quiet. She could not see his face, but she felt him. He was trying to get her pants off. He told her that one way or another, she was going to be his, and if he could get some, and if Henry found out about what he had done to her, then he would not want her anymore, and she would have to be with him. Tammy was so afraid. She thought of her children outside and what was about to happen to her. She was fighting, but she was in so much pain until she gave up. Just as soon as he was about to penetrate her, she heard the sirens and she could see the reflection of lights pulling up in the yard. She sighed in relief because the police were finally there. He jumped up and began running. She could not tell which way he went because the house was dark. And the only lights came from the sirens outside, but he was gone. The police came in yelling through the house for her to say something so they would know where she was. She saw the flashlights and she began to yell, but the yelling really hurt her side. But she knew she needed to yell so they could find her quickly and not stumble over her. They found her lying in the hallway. They asked her could she walk, but she could not. They called an ambulance and took her to the hospital. They asked her if she had anyone she wanted them to call. She thought about that question intently. She was in pain, but not incoherent. She and her family were not close, and in the pain she was in would not have mattered to them because she had been in pain all her life, and it never mattered. So she said, no. This part, writing this book was a release for me. It helped me in my healing and it helped me to get past some traumatic times in my life that I don't know if I would have got through if it wasn't for God. Writing was a release for me. And for many survivors, they write, they draw, they create as a way to escape the pain they have went through. Whatever your release is, find it and do it. Don't let the memories after you have left the situation keep you bound in the situation. This book did not sell well because it is graphic and it goes into a lot of intimate details. Whereas the first book was a number one seller because it had it, it, it had it dealt with domestic violence, but it also had laughter in it. It had jokes in it. It was a lighter side because I was younger when those experiences happened to me in that first book. In the second book, I was older and the, the abuse was more intense. So there's not that much laughter and joking in this book. And the book did not do well. But I thank God for that book because that book led to this podcast. Um, the right person read it. So I'm thankful for that. But I'm, I'm thankful to be an advocate for domestic violence because I'm able to help women in situations where I have personal experience in. So this month we'll be reaching out. I'm going to do a panel discussion with some of the leading um, domestic violence advocates in Savannah here locally. Um, and we're going to have some deep discussions about 
where domestic violence has come from, um, from years ago until now, has the laws changed? Are the responses quicker? We're really going to hit some deep things this month. So I ask that you tune in um, and just listen in as we converse on how we're going to come together and try to stamp out domestic violence here locally, but also try to reach out on a national level and do more. The book, once again, is called A Window Without a View. Also, the first book is Issues of the Male Heart, When His Issues Become Your Issues. So I ask you to just look out for your neighbors, look out for your friends that are shut in at this time, don't have a way out. Just be mindful of others and and, and just keep your eyes open for things that you know don't look right and don't seem right. But we put on the makeup to make it be all right. We can't make up everything. So just be aware of our neighbors and friends during this time of shut-in and being isolated. If you have a question, um, all the books are on Amazon. If you would like to order them, I don't have any personal copies at this time. I've run out, but they are available on Amazon. I also believe Barnes & Noble. So if you want to reach out to me, my email is a woman's soul restored at gmail.com. The website is www.livelifenowlovelifenow.net. And also on Facebook, um, my page is A Woman's Soul Restored. So this month, let's just be advocating and reaching out to one another and being a support as women, as the men that we know that's going through the situation, um, our elderly people that are uh, caught up in situations, let's just advocate and be a positive in someone's life. So for a woman's soul restored, this is Latanya Hendry. Be blessed. Mm-hmm.